Today on the Being Whole podcast, I'm discussing with Katie Love how she got into this social media business and how she's navigated motherhood and up-leveling in her company. Katie got her start in the news industry from stations all across the country to the Today Show and the White House. While covering the news wasn't her true calling, it did develop a strong storytelling talent and a desire to connect with people. Katie understood the power social media was gaining and wanted to use it to help female-led businesses thrive while also easing the pressure and stress that comes with running a business. So with a strong support system and a leap of faith, she started Love Social Media. These days, Katie enjoys helping her clients take social media off their plates and loves managing her talented family-like team. Let's dive into this episode with Katie. Welcome back, everyone. I'm super excited to have Katie here today. And I am just really enamored with all of the ways that you show up on social media, Katie, because that is a space that it feels like uncomfortable to me. And I'm always working through this, like my own internal dialogue about how I should show up, when I should show up, what that should look like. So I am super grateful that you are here today because anytime I see anything that you've posted, I feel enlightened and happy. Even when you've posted something where it's maybe not the happiest subject, you have a way of spinning it and making it feel like, yeah, okay, this is what this is supposed to look like, or this is how I can show up here. So thank you for being here. I can't wait to just hear more about you, your life, your business, and what's going on in your world. Thank you so much for saying that. I I think of Instagram and my social media presence as an extension of who I am. And I made a conscious choice a few years ago to just be really open and as honest as I can. And I know that's not a decision everyone chooses to make or share that on their lives on social, but I found it to be really fulfilling with the women just like yourself that I've been able to meet on the platform. So I appreciate that you feel like it, it, it brings something to you. I do. And I think, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts and talk more about that too, because I, I know that social media has such a bad rap and for, for a lot of reasons too, right? Like we understand the ways that it can be harmful. We know how it can be damaging to our self-esteem sometimes. But I think that obviously we also know that in some instances it's very necessary and it's very helpful and it can be very encouraging too. So what kind of prompted you to really start in this space and to be, yes, I'm going to be in social media and this is my jam and this is what I like. So it's not a short story. Is that okay? That's fine. We, we have as long as we want. <laughs> okay. So my background is as an investigative journalist. So I went to school for journalism. I thought since I was a little girl, this is what I want to do. I want to tell stories. I want to be a voice for people who are voiceless. And what I realized after six or seven years in the business is that uh, I, I was not the person that I wanted to be. I wasn't showing up as the friend and the wife and the sister. And a, a piece of me was just really missing reporting. I was covering horrific crimes a lot of uh, children that had been taken from their families ended up, um, you know, being murdered. I was covering, you know, high-profile cases, politics, and what I realized while covering some of these missing person cases was the power of social. Mm -hmm. So, waiting for the five or six o'clock news, these parents would come to me and say, "Can you please post this missing poster on your Facebook or on your Instagram, and help me find my daughter, help me find my son?" And so just seeing 
you know, what I was able to do by growing at the time, my following on Facebook and then sharing these posters, I thought, well, how can I, I pivot my career to still make an impact, but not be, um, I, you know, I had high anxiety. I wasn't sleeping. I needed to, to channel what I was able to create on social in another way. So in 2017, I walked away from my career as a news reporter and I, I started over. Wow. That is okay. That's the most compelling reason ever to use social media. And I love that. I love that you were able that that was the way that you connected that and what you took from that. And, and I love how you even said like you wanted you wanted to share people's stories and you wanted to help people share their stories. And that really is what you do. And I hadn't I personally hadn't thought about social media necessarily in that way. So thank you for that. <laughs> That's a, a really um, beautiful way to put it. And just even speaking to what you're saying, you know, with the, the emotional labor and the weight that you were carrying around in that previous job. And I completely understand how that can feel so, so hard then too, because you, you don't show up. I know exactly what you mean when you don't show up as the friend you want to be, as the mom you want to be, as the partner you want to be, because you're emotionally exhausted. So you don't have that space to give necessarily your loved ones anymore. So I think that that's something too, a lot of people relate to, and I appreciate you giving voice to that and being honest about that as well. Well, thank you. I, I think it wasn't something I was ready to kind of talk about five years ago because I couldn't understand it just I've had some space now to see where I wanted to go and why I went that direction and I did have immense guilt at the beginning that I still wanted to use social but not in the way I was using it before but what I've been able to do is tell stories in a different way and to shed light on women who are creating amazing businesses and may not have, you know, the roadmap to showcase what they're doing and share uh, what they're offering. So at Love Social Media, we've been able to, you know, create social media strategies for women to grow their businesses. Yeah. And I think that that's such an empowering space then too, when you not only get to do something that is bringing you joy, you know, that you're helping other people create something that then is helping their families, that's helping their personal growth. And that's just, it's, and you're helping them with something that it does feel daunting to a lot of people. I know we joke like, oh, everybody can be on social media or you just go on there, or you start scrolling. But when you're looking at it as a business and trying to figure out, you know, how do I show up? What's my personal brand? How often do I be there? What kind of reel do I need? Is, you know, like all of those things it can be a piece that then just feels overwhelming and heavy. And I think for a lot of small business owners in particular, before you get a team and things like that, it almost feels like this piece that then if you don't do that, the rest of your business is going to fall apart. But how do I do that? And so I love the way that you demystify that for people and also help them feel ease within it, I guess, is the best way I could put it. <laughs> I know that social media can sometimes be a place of anxiety for people and I think a lot of that has to do with the comparison mm. and people get on the app and they see someone else's life that they imagine to be so much better than theirs and that makes me sad that that social media um, has impacted people in that way 
but I just encourage, you know, those using social to remember that that person still has a crazy aunt who says weird things at the holidays <laughs> It probably has body issues and all the things that make us human and you go through on a daily basis. You know, you're just getting a short snippet of what someone's life is and, uh, and, you know, to use the platform in a way that brings you joy if possible. Okay. So I have never asked somebody on a social media person this before, but so since you use it so much for your business and that is your business and helping other people create do you spend a lot of time just scrolling and looking at things for fun or are you so like, no, I'm done with that? I <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there with that one. <laughs> well, there's times where I really, uh, you know, man, our agency manages 20 to 25 plus different accounts. And so at the end of the day, it's kind of difficult to then use social as a way to relax because that's what I've been doing for the eight to 10 hours before, but it's important to stay on top of trends and what's going on. So in the same ways, you know, being a journalist where I was always reading the New York times and watching the news and trying to stay updated, I do have to be a consumer of social. So I know what's going on, but the scroll, uh, mindlessly scrolling is not something I often do anymore. It's, it's more intentional with research behind it. Uh-huh. That's interesting. No, I understand that because I read a lot of books that are related to work. And so there are some nights where I'm like, I feel like I worked all day because I'm reading books that are related to the types of things I teach about and talk about and things like that for the exact reasons that you speak on. So you started in seven, 2017. This is when you kind of merged into your um, business. What has that journey looked like for you over the last several years? So I would say in the first year, I, I couldn't picture, there's no way I would know I would be the Katie I am today. I, I hoped for more, but when you say like, what's your five-year or your 10-year business plan? I did not have one. I didn't go to business school. I, I was completely self-taught and what I've been able to do, which was an unexpected, but lovely consequence is employ eight women who are full-time with me and I think it's made the biggest impact on my life because the first hire that I had maybe two years into business and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to take on someone's full-time salary and their livelihood. And, um, you know, it's such a scary step to do that. And we've, we've really grown and, and eight may not sound like a lot, but to me, every new person that I bring on is someone I am saying, I, I, will provide you with enough work for 40 hours a week and a salary and a lot of responsibility. Absolutely. That's a lot of responsibility. And I think any, anytime you're thinking about that, like you said, so often people were, what's your plan? What's the business plan? What's the goal? What does that look like? And I get caught up in that sometimes because I know with, you know, visualization and manifestation, all these things, you know, we're supposed to see things, but there are so many times where I just know that this is going to work out in this way, but I don't know the how, or I don't see it. And so really working through those logistics, like you're saying, and really trying to figure out, okay, what does this look like for me every day? And how do I now, not only what does this look like for me, but what does this look like for these other people that I'm employing? I can only imagine the, 
yeah, the different mindset shifts that you really had to go through to work through some of those different layers and steps as you're building your business too. Yeah, I think that growing a team is not something we often like hear about, but I think it's been the hard, one of the hardest parts of growing my business because at some point I maxed out, right? There, there was only so many clients I could take on so many hours in the day. And while I was making, you know, like let's say at the time six figures, and that was so much more than I ever dreamed I would be able to make, I then said to myself, well, can I make more? <laughs> can I do more? And I can't duplicate myself. So can I hire women who not only have the talent I need, but the same philosophy and core values um, as I as I do? Because the, I, I realized, especially with some of the topics that have happened in the news lately, and I'm, I'm not sure if you talk about these things on your podcast, but like Roe v. Wade and what's happening globally, I realized that I, I had a voice and I wanted to have, you know, women on my team who had similar um, feelings about empowering women and giving them all the choices that they deserve. And so in having, you know, maternity leave be really healthy and feel like <laughs> they're able to really connect with their baby and the, their job is not going to be in jeopardy or that they're going to miss out on a promotion if they decide they want to expand their family. I mean, all the things that I used to think about as a woman, like I'm going to have to push having a child because if I ever want to be on the anchor desk, I don't see any of those women with kids. And so, so how do I emulate now as a mother, as a wife for these other young women on my team who don't want to have to choose? I hope you're loving this episode with Katie. I wanted to let you know that I have two spots open for a one-on-one -on -one transformation with me inside of a three-month container. We'll focus on your boundaries, your relational communication, and how you can move forward in a way that helps you feel whole. DM me the word coaching on Instagram at Dr. Cassandra LeClaire to get more info on how we can work together. Now let's listen to the rest of this episode with Katie. Yeah. And I, I know I, oh, I resonate so much with what you're saying. And I appreciate that very deeply, you know, in terms of just not, even if you don't necessarily say it to anyone, the number of women who feel that and who think that, you know, like, where is this place for me? What does this look like? Oh, I don't see, you know, this other person taking time off for this, or I don't see them bringing their personal life to work or the amount of energy that we spend trying to figure out how to show up safely, how to show up in a way that is going to keep us advancing, but yet not sacrifice all of our personhood and our livelihood outside of work. And that's a lot of emotional labor right there. I mean, just to even think about all of it. And especially with the changing landscape of, you know, uncertainty with all so many things that we've had to experience in the last few years, like you're saying globally and just across our nation here. And it's, it's refreshing to me that not only do you think about that, but that it is something that is very important to you that you uphold for those individuals. And I think that, that that's one of the really big, beautiful things about small business ownership, where I think like it is just 
you want to take care of your employees in a different way. And I think that big companies could maybe learn something from some of these practices and principles too, right? I mean, I, I would hope that, um, you know, that the more women who are getting louder about what they deserve and how they should be treated, the more larger companies will start to um, respect those boundaries. And that, especially, I'm not saying that men don't have similar challenges, but the for, for women to show up and, like you said, in a safe space and to be multifaceted and want to create life and also be a boardroom exec and make money, you know, that it, that it, it should be possible. Yeah. And, and I think that just continuing to have that conversation and continuing to make sure that people understand that it has been an issue. I think so often we think that that was something that, you know, people don't experience that anymore. And now we're like, all good, you know, everybody's woke and we don't have these issues. It's like, oh no, they're definitely there. And it's something that, um, you know, that's why we've seen a lot too, I think of just the mass exodus from people at the workplace or trying to find different things too, because people for a variety of reasons over the last few years have really had some wake up calls in terms of, okay, if this is my life, what do I want it to look like? Where do I feel supported? Where do I just feel terrible every day? And how can I turn that around for myself? So when you look at, you know, kind of your business and where you're going with it and what's happened, how do you navigate that? You just said, you know, it is a lot of pressure. Obviously you love it, but you're also, you're you're building something now where, like you say, you have these people who are dependent on you. So you have to find this work. What do you do to kind of manage that? Cause you also have a family, you're a busy person. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you? Yes. So I have a two-year-old and at the same time, so I was pregnant in 2020. And while the world was shutting down, that happened to be the year my business really turned. I doubled the amount of employees I had. I doubled the revenue. And I also was, you know, seven or eight months pregnant and trying to figure out how to do it. And I'm not saying that I am successful every day at managing or juggling, but what I will say is that I, when I'm with my daughter, I'm with her and the phone is turned over. So I don't see the notification Then it's on silent and I try to be totally present. And if that means I, you know, I've worked till six or seven and I only get an hour and an hour and a half, that, that's an hour and an hour and a half. I'm totally with her. And I still feel, I'll still feel guilty, you know, the next day when I didn't spend enough time with her. Um, I took a European vacation and, and I hadn't been off since my wedding and trying to think about taking a whole week off work. And it sounds strange, but trying to make sure the women on my team know it's okay to relax and take a day off but also knowing that I'm someone who still checks email, I'm still responsive on vacation. And so I'll be honest, I'm still trying to figure it out because I want my business to succeed. I want my daughter to be a happy, healthy person. And I just, I don't know that balance is possible. (laughs) 
you know, but that's, that's so refreshing, the transparency, that these are the conversations that I think are more empowering and more helpful than us pretending that we do have a formula or an answer, because that's the reality of it. There isn't some shiny, perfect script for how this all works and what's balanced in my life or for the times that I need won't be reflective of what works for you. So instead, let's like all rip off the bandaid a little bit and talk about the reality, which is that, you know, this balance we all chase, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfectly balanced at the same time. It's more like you're riding the wave of the fact that sometimes those scales are tipped and they can tip in one direction for a real long time, or they can feel like they're going back and forth all over the place. And, you know, even I, I appreciate what you're saying in terms of you're trying to take space and you want to show your team, like, this is how you can take time for yourself, but also I got to check email. <laughs> and that's, that's a very real thing. You know, that's a, something too, of, of figuring out how to be able to balance that, figuring out how to really be able to step away for yourself and showing your daughter then like you are, you know, now she's a little young, so she might not recognize it, but she will recognizing the fact like, oh, when mom's with me, she's with me. And I'll tell you, I know she will, because my kids now to this day, they're 19 and 17. And they know if I have my phone in my hand, I'm not hearing them the same way. So they will tell me, they'll be like, mom, get off your phone. Or if, if, if I, they say something, if, if I'm on my phone, they will wait for me to put my phone down. So they'll talk to me because they know I hear them differently. And so even just helping your kids understand, like, this is what this looks like, how we can show up for people. This is what this looks like when I have to work, or here's what this space is. And in kind of including them in learning what those spaces are. And I think it's so important too, because otherwise kids grow up not understanding that, you know, thinking like, oh, somebody's just not paying attention to me or somebody is not present for me, as opposed to really feeling like what those different spaces can be. Yeah, I think that's so important. I grew up with a mom who did not hold a lot of space for me and did not give me a lot of her attention. And so I the type of, I, I want my daughter to know that I am there and I'm here for her a hundred percent. She will always be first over my work, but also for her to understand that I built something that I'm so immensely passionate about and try to be okay with loving and wanting both. And it's not, it's not always easy. I, I took a four week, barely maternity leave and I think that if I had to do it again, I would have taken longer, but I just didn't feel like I, yeah. I could. So it's, it's tough. I think, and the other dynamic to note that happened in the last year for us is my husband left his full-time job, also an investigative journalist. We met in news and he is now a stay-at-home dad. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's really, it's been, it's, it's been incredible to see his relationship with my daughter change, his relationship with me. And so as I built this business, I feel like it, I have to mention him because he's been such an incredible support and to bring my daughter in at lunchtime and before nap and, you know, and just be able to see both of them in a way that before he was gone from, you know, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And <clears throat> I we had a full-time nanny who was lovely, but it's just not the same as having your partner who's mm -hmm. 
child and um, making it easy for me to see her throughout the day too. Oh, that's wonderful. No, that's a huge blessing for your family to be able to create that and to be able to have that space. And that too is... I just want everyone to know that this isn't something that just magically happened for you. You know, you worked to create that. And I think that that's so empowering too. Like you're not only, you know, showing your daughter that that's possible, but the women who work for you and the people that you work with, like you're upholding, like this is work. And this did take me, you know, X number of time to get here. There are sacrifices that happen sometimes along the way, but also this is what I get now. I get to have this space where my husband's home with my daughter. I get to have this space. Like, and that's, that's the part I want to hang on to too, is like, the work feels so difficult sometimes and so draining and just like, am I doing the right thing? Should I keep going? But remembering what you're doing it for, I guess, you know, and bringing it back to, okay, why did you want to leave your other job? Why did you want to start this? And that was all part of it, right? You said you couldn't be, you couldn't show up in the way that you wanted to show up. And so I love hearing that not only do you get to show up differently, your whole family looks different as a result of it. Well, thank you for saying that. Sometimes it's hard to remember to look back and <laughs> see where, where you came. And even in that moment where I was making more money than I had in my entire career, but knew I couldn't expand and then choose to do something really hard, which was to take a risk on hiring more people and taking on harder clients. But what it allowed me to do five years later was make enough money for my husband to quit his job yeah. and it's I don't know that a lot of women talk about that sometimes it's like the disparity in you, you know your income between you and your partner is a little bit of a taboo subject even though I feel like men who um, work and women who stay at home it's more common place to say yeah my my wife doesn't make enough money so she's gonna stay home but instead of that rhetoric of he, she doesn't make enough money it's like I make enough money that my my husband who had a great job and a great salary but really wanted to stay home with our daughter could have that choice yes yes not a choice I would make myself. I love my daughter deeply, but I cannot play dolls for eight hours. Um. But that's also a great conversation to have, you know, and I think that that's where as women, a lot of times we don't have some of these conversations and especially the money thing. People have a lot of issues talking about money, talking about what that really looks like, talking about, you know, just the disparities that people face and what have you. And then also exactly what you just said, Sometimes women have a hard time admitting that they want to be at work and not at home or admitting that they don't want to work and all they want to do is be at home or whatever it is, right? And we have like this undercurrent of fear, I think, of how we're going to be judged for those choices or what that's really going to look like because there has been so much societal pressure for women to be the caretakers and the nurturers or if you're going to work outside the home, then you still also have to do all of these things. But I remember I taught gender communication for the longest time. And I remember one time telling my students when my kids were really little, I was like brand new assistant professor. My kids were really little. My, my ex-husband, he worked a lot. So I was still doing um, the majority of all of the things. And I remember telling my students, I was like, I remember people telling me I could have it all, but I do not remember them telling me how hard it was going to be. And I was like, nobody <laughs> told me what that really looked like. 
And I think that that was some of it is, is that we, we want to build this space where everybody can have it all. You can do all these things, but we also have to have honest conversations about those sacrifices or about what that can look like, about what that can feel like and about why we're choosing them. Like it is a thousand percent. Okay. For you to say, yep, I'm going to build this business because I'm going to build a better life for my daughter and I can be a better mom to her when I'm building this life versus if I were at home with her poking my own eyes out because I hate playing dolls for eight hours, you know? (laughs) Yes. And thank you for making me feel comfortable enough to say that because sometimes I feel immense judgment. It's like, what do you mean? You don't want to stay home with your child. You don't want to have you know, six month maternity leave. So, um, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I just, you know, that's one of the things I, when I've seen your page, the different things that I've seen, I, I do feel the empowerment behind the things that you say. I do feel the ways that you truly want people to be able to be authentic and be themselves. So I think some of this is, opening up bigger conversations than that we as women can explore in other ways too, you know, not, it is a tough gig. It is hard to not get burnt out and to figure out how to balance everything. And in some ways, if we pretend it's not, it just makes it harder. Yeah, I I think that's true. I think it's important to lean into who you are and I'm glad that you feel when you look at my Instagram that I'm showing that I, I sometimes, and I don't know if you feel this way, it's like you you put a little piece of yourself out onto the internet when you post something and you really don't know who that's impacting or um, if there's a reaction. And, and, and then I'll get a DM from a woman who will say, my husband has been wanting to be a stay-at-home dad and, and just did not see other men like him. And then, you know, you're posting about your husband and he feels so encouraged that it's possible. And, yes. you know, it, it, it makes being open and transparent on, on social worth it. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, that speaks so much too to those ingrained gender roles we have yet, you know, that really giving men permission that yes, it's awesome. If you want to stay home, that doesn't mean that you're not out there providing for your family and trying to be this breadwinner. Okay. And, but unfortunately that's kind of still ingrained in our society, in our rhetoric for how men are supposed to be and how they're supposed to show up. And I think that, Instead, just being able to really look at what is best for your partnership, what is best for your family, what is best for, you know, who's going to be able to show up in the best way in all of these moments, right? And that's hard to let go of some of those pressures and to let go of some of those fears to really be able to say, okay, this is what we want it to look like and how can we make that happen? And, you know, that's where, again, having some of these conversations so people can feel supported seeing your Instagram. So people can feel supported because otherwise I think this, it's not like these are novel concepts that nobody's thought of. It's just that we all kind of sit there and think them or maybe ask a friend or find it somewhere else because the global conversation isn't that, you know, we're the global conversation. Isn't that yes, let's all have more stay at home dads because women can go be badass in the workforce. You know, let's talk more about what that looks like. So overall, 
when you're thinking about all of these things, about the ways that your business has shifted and changed and the ways that you've shifted and changed and grown, you know, do you have any thoughts or insight as far as like what, what really does keep you going and keep you motivated? Because obviously it is a difficult space to exist in too. I think my, my husband said something to me once when I was feeling just like a terrible mother and not having spent enough time with my daughter and he gave it like one of the weeks that I was just slammed and he he had said you know Adley is going to be able to see what you've built and in a couple of years when she can understand the magnitude of it she's going to see that mommy started something from nothing and, and build something. And I'm really, I'm proud of that. And I'm, I'm proud for myself too, but being able to see it from her eyes, I think is, um, you know, it gives me even more immense, like satis satisfaction. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. No, it does. Cause it goes back to your why and your values too. I mean, that's the same thing. And I think that's a good it's a good lesson. I think I probably needed to hear that myself. I was having a day of just business frustration all over the place. And so I think too, it's good to, to remind myself and remind, you know, anybody who's listening too is just when it is harder, when it does feel difficult, just remember why you started doing it, you know, and to get back to what was the purpose behind this? What was the, there were reasons why I made these choices. What were they? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right, right. And sometimes you get so busy and so in the middle of something you're working on that it's hard to, it's hard to remember the big picture or the goals. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that you were willing to take time here today to just share with people kind of a little bit more about your journey and about your business. How can people find you? How can people work with you? What's the best way for us to learn more? You can find me at Katie Love Social. I'd love for you to um, connect with me there. My website is loveyoursocialmedia.com. And it was so wonderful to spend this time with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you again. And I'll go ahead and I'll link everything, of course, in the show notes so everybody can find them. But again, thank you for, thanks for showing up. You know, not just here, obviously today, but you show up on social media and I notice it and I appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Here are a few takeaways from this episode with Katie. Number one, hiring a team can be a daunting but necessary next step to growing your business. You, as one person, can max out very quickly if you don't start bringing on team members to help you show up as your best self in business. Number two, working for a small business, you'll find that it's more likely that management or ownership will take your needs into consideration because you are seen as a human and not just as an employee badge number. Number three, being a leader or business owner is a delicate dance, and we do need to find the balance of work and home so that we can maintain healthy relationships in our responsibilities without burning out. Number four, your business journey may look completely different than your wildest dreams, but as Katie has shown, you can lean into curiosity and make big things happen, not only for yourself, but for your family and so many others around the world. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. I'd love for you to take a minute and screenshot this episode and share it to your stories. Doing this helps me connect with new listeners who might be searching for content that I've posted about or that I might be rolling out in the future here on the podcast or on other social media platforms. I truly appreciate your support. I hope you have a great day.